How are you? I'm doing well. I, uh, yeah, I'm excited. How are you doing? Good. Mm-hmm. Podcast number two. We're and getting into a groove. We are. And I think both of us are, you know, those, those timid people that start off slow, right? So we're going to start off slow and go into the easy topic of anxiety. <laughs> easy topic. <laughs> Only easy because we've had plenty yeah. of experience and with neither it. one of us start off slow, right? Yeah, right. We just jump into Timid. It yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. But what a timely topic. Mm-hmm. Schools just started around here and lots of changes. Lots of first yes. time to do things or getting back in the groove or being around a lot of people can be really scary. Yes. And the world, yeah. there's just a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, something that we can jump into and everybody can relate to. Except some- Scott, apparently. <gasps> Except Scott. Apparently Scott's never experienced anxiety. Any, what a life. I've got to just look at him. Any form of anxiety. <laughs> Nerves. Speaking in public? He's like, oh, no, worried no. about things sometimes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you could not survive one day in my brain. So something, okay. something we know about each other, but maybe not a lot of other people know, is mm-hmm. we both have had a long history of anxiety. And mm-hmm. I, so we, we joke, but it's really not funny. But in our family, I was that person from... As long as I can remember, I'd go and say, I didn't die. I didn't die, Daddy. I I can't breathe. I didn't die. And it was always like, you know, Rachel, are you talking? Yeah. Then you're breathing. Okay. But not recognizing as young as two or three years old, Mm -hmm. I was having anxiety. Yeah. When I was in elementary school, um, it was just very, it was just a thing that like I couldn't eat breakfast or I would throw up. And sometimes I couldn't eat lunch or I would throw up. And I never put in my brain that it was anxiety. Yeah. And it was just some, oh, that's just how my body works. Maybe my stomach needs to wake up before I eat. Or, you know, maybe I just need to, I don't know. Yeah. It was just a fluke. And that's how my dad was. And so he said, yep, that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. And I was like that. All the way through high school and college. And then it becomes the norm. Yeah. Like you're just, oh, okay, this this is how everybody is. This mm-hmm. is how it's supposed to feel. And nobody yeah. can breathe. <laughs> and my mine were very situational. So, oh, it makes sense. I know I, I have a marching band competition today. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm just not going to eat. And that's okay. Or... I have a big test coming up and I just know I'm not going to eat or I'm in college and I can really, this is sharing a lot of information. So I I apologize everyone. I don't know. (laughs) It's just real life. It's just you and I. But it's also true of, I, we want to share these stories because I didn't know really what that was or that it wasn't normal or that there was a solution to it. When Okay, so here's the question. When did you start to realize, wait a second, this isn't normal? When was that point for you? Um, well, I mean, I knew it was like a fun, quirky thing that I just throw yeah. up. But honestly, I did not really click in my mind that I need to get help. So this is well into adulthood. 2017, my anxiety was at the worst where I was 
hardly eating. I was throwing up a lot. I was very knee deep in, into infertility and I was stuck emotionally mm-hmm. and, uh, it's so hard. One of the worst times of my life. And I was so anxious. Um, and we were watching the Sopranos television show, which we, which is another topic. Hot take. I don't actually like the Sopranos. <laughs> It won't shock you that I've never seen it, but I'm going to pretend that I have. It's not worth it. Breaking Bad is much better. That's another topic. Um, But yeah, I was watching The Sopranos, and Tony Soprano had anxiety and had such bad anxiety that he would pass out. And that summer, I was passing out for no reason. And it clicked in my brain. Oh, I bet I have anxiety. Or I bet this is anxiety. Thank heavens for Tony Soprano. And maybe I should go to the doctor. Isn't that the silliest thing ever <laughs> it's not like again starting as a little girl saying i did not die i can't mm-hmm. breathe and going i can remember my first panic attack had no idea it was a panic attack but i was doing a bike-a-thon probably age six maybe age seven i'm on my beautiful blue bike with the banana seats and pedaling along and everybody's going and i just thought trying to breathe and I could see my dad and my brother up in the distance. And I thought, if I can just make it to them, I'm going to be okay. Got there. Had a full-blown panic attack. And they and they just thought I was maybe asthma, something. Mm-hmm. We got to bike home and totally fine. But all of those kind of situations, mm-hmm. for no real good reason, not mm-hmm. even situational usually. Right. From young age all the way in through middle school, high school, sometimes it got really bad for a long mm-hmm. period of time. But it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that, and and ridiculous, like when you talk about passing out and going, what's going on with me? Like I was diagnosing myself with mm-hmm. all kinds of terrible things. And finally, and I'd gone to neurologist and it took my third neurologist to say, well, how are you treating your anxiety disorder? And I said, well, I don't have an anxiety disorder. She goes, well, that's where we need to start. Yes. And it took so long. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, wait a second. What would my life have looked like yes. had this been recognized I know. early on? I was thinking about this um, of what would my life would look like. And like I didn't date in high school or college really because I knew if I went out to dinner with someone, I would throw up. Yeah. Now, also, no boys ever asked me out. <laughs> but <laughs> and, Until Michael Warner. It was right. just the perfect boy. <laughs> but But seriously, like even that... What did it hold me back from? Yeah. I'm so thankful that for some reason I um, it didn't prevent me from doing speech competitions where I would just throw up in the hallway six times and then perform. But who lives like that? Yeah. Like that is so silly. Um, and I do so much public speaking even in my job. Uh, I would do children's messages and I would get so nervous and anxious before that. And I'm sh- I would shake, you know, and... Uh, anyways, it's. it was a while before I realized I actually don't have to live this way. Yes. And and there's coping strategies, mm-hmm. all kinds of different. Well, and the interesting thing is anxiety is so different for everybody, even th- for this one person, depending on the time of life, yep. where I've gone through periods of just crippling anxiety, like in puberty, mm-hmm. like where I just wasn't sleeping, total insomnia, had no idea why. And mm-hmm. just the fear of, I just remember laying in bed at probably sixth grade and thinking about 
eternity and the universe and having it be so weighty on me that Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't comprehend it. And again, thinking, oh, this is what everybody does. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks about the death penalty. (laughs) (laughs) Two in the morning, you know. But that's not consistent through my, you know, there there have been those peaks and those valleys, you know, all the the different ebbs and flows and Mm -hmm. that everybody struggles with anxiety so different. Mm -hmm. I could get up and speak in front of people in high school being very introverted, very shy. But if I had information that I could share and I'd prepared, no nerves. Mm -hmm. I was a Scot at that point in time. (laughs) What a dream, except I, I would never want to be a Scott. <laughs> oh, sometimes I want to be a That's Scott. another podcast. <laughs> but, you know, just where, and then anxiety looks so different for yeah. so many people. That's it. So I was bringing some information. Oh, <laughs> Rachel. Well, because I know my husband will say, Rachel, oh my goodness, because I'm a skimmer. Uh-huh. And I hear things and I'm like, ooh. So I heard the statistic about one and every two people has a purple dog. No. Oh. And I, sh- I know. So I had to come w- with proper information. So I wasn't sharing incorrect information. But my favorite the- thing is I read somewhere when really it was an Instagram reel or a TikTok. <laughs> and you're talking directly about me, right? No, me. <laughs> <laughs> or my mom and, does that and, a lot. And I'm, I'm a skimmer. So I, that's why I always say um, I was doing some research in terms like, okay, so you saw it. Jasmine shared something on Instagram. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But so one of the things, I'm looking up kind of anxiety disorders, and the crazy thing is there are so many different types of anxiety. There's a whole list as I'm looking. Anxiety disorder due to a medical condition, generalized anxiety disorder, and panic disorder, selective mutism, separation anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, specific phobias, substance-induced anxiety disorder, and it goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And But we know God created us all uniquely. Mm-hmm. And he created the Scots that maybe don't have <laughs> that level of anxiety. But I can also look at those times when I've been anxious or mm-hmm. completely panic-stricken and think, oh, how is... Oops, that was, those are my keys. <laughs> Sorry. I, <laughs> that was just me causing a little more anxiety. But how God utilizes us yeah. in even things that seem crippling and yeah. can use us to witness to one another. I know you and I have been able to have so many conversations, and sometimes it just helps to talk to somebody that completely mm-hmm. understands what the other person is going through. I know. So when I think of anxiety um, and mental health in general, there is unfortunately even still a stigma Where um, you should be stronger than that, or especially as a Christian, if you just pray, or if you read the Bible enough, or if you do this, which is also really important and amazing and can bring that peace as well. And as we read the Bible and how we know how God created us and then how sin fell into the world, our bodies are broken. You know, you... Um, have to wear glasses. I have to wear glasses. I have to wear contacts too. I, you know, we all have different ailments in our body. And the fact that, um, you know, the anxiety or whether it be depression, it really is that chemical imbalance. And that is a result of sin in the world. Absolutely. And not because you have sinned to create this in your body, but our bodies are broken. The 
the earth cries out, creation cries out, and so do our bodies. And and that's okay. It is okay. And in our weakness, we can see God's strength, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when we go and rely on Him. Yes. And I can... I'm sure you can say the same in those times that maybe your anxiety has been at its peak and where you feel completely helpless, like you can't do it. And and even, I know we've talked, when I'm at my worst, when I'm at the most anxious, I don't recognize it. Mm-hmm. I know something's not right, but it's yeah. hard to define it at that point. Mm-hmm. But I can see God working through other people to come and witness to me, to, to walk alongside me, um, to help. And then I can use my experiences to walk alongside others. And mm-hmm. I just think, what an amazing thing to be able to use. And now learning about my anxiety and what I went through when I was younger, I can recognize it in my children. Yes, I can recognize it in children that are in our program, mm-hmm. um, in my friends. And then so I've developed strategies. I've come up with different ideas that work for me. I'm mm-hmm. no expert. I'm not, none of, neither one of us are trained no. experts. But we have some experiences, and we can utilize those to give people mm-hmm. ideas and point them in the direction of those people that God places in our lives, those wonderful counselors, mm-hmm. mental health practitioners, um, to support during a time of... Yeah, hard. Yes. So, yeah. Rachel, what works for you? Boy, the one thing I can say, hands down, that work, has worked for me, so again... In my 20s is when I finally realized what what I was dealing with, that this wasn't normal. This Not everybody. And this is why when I would talk as a teen to my friends, you know, and finally I go, I just don't sleep. I don't, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I can't breathe. And they were all like, oh, because they, they weren't going through the same thing. They probably had different kinds mm-hmm. of anxiety, but it didn't look like that. Maybe it was throwing up after mm-hmm. they ate. Um, but once I recognized and I could look back and say, okay, for me, Puberty is when I've had really a hard time. Hormones mm-hmm. right there. Uh, hormones are the worst. Oh, for sure. And the high times for me were puberty and after the birth of each of my children. Mm-hmm. Increased anxiety. But what? how did I finally get out of it? Routine. Definitely being in a routine, having a consistent routine helps me. Mm-hmm. Almost always for me would happen over the summer. When we were on a break for, from school, my routine was was messed up, but exercise. Mm-hmm. When I was a jazzercise instructor for 15 years, and when you're an instructor of any kind of aerobic program, you work really hard. Mm-hmm. You go to that anaerobic state, but my body needed that. It gave me those those chemicals that my brain was kind of imbalanced with, and it just would it would help me. And and so I know I have to be exercising, and and it helps a ton. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. What are some strategies that have helped for you? Um, well. I would say exercising as well. Mm-hmm. And it, if not something strenuous, at least being outside and going for a walk. Yes. Being outside um, is also good for me. I love it. Being outside, getting fresh air, going for a walk um, is my number one. Okay, I need to take a break. Um, making sure I get sleep if I can sleep. That's, that's the oh, problem. That's the hardest. Right. But for me, when I, like in 2017, when things were at their worst, it was going to the doctor and having medication. Yeah. And once I was on medication and just letting those chemicals balance and 
I still had all of the stressors before me, but I was no longer stuck and I was able to address them. And of course, going to counseling as well. Um, and just being able to talk through things and learn some strategies from, from them. But just, I think being able to, for me, counseling, having a safe place to say whatever and not have to be guarded or, um, I know this isn't right, but I'm going to say it anyways, like that's important for me. And then to be told like, that's okay. Or that's normal. Or, and I went to a Christian counselor, so she was able to point me to Jesus every time and to, um, you know, give me the gospel and God's love and grace after each session, which is really huge for me as well. So you mentioned being outside. This is going to be one of those times that Trevor would be totally irritated with me because I have no idea what study it was, but they, they, they link nature. So Mm -hmm. looking outside, even if you can't be outside, looking outside at nature at a tree, even a picture of a tree or the outdoors will decrease your stress levels for like up to six hours. That's crazy. It's insane. No wonder we always bring our kiddos outside, even if it's Mm -hmm. on a hot day, if we can get them outside for five minutes, it helps everything in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Nature, God gave us this wonderful gift of of fresh air and trees and flowers and and the beautiful sky to help yeah give us a stress reliever i just listened to a podcast <laughs> that was <laughs> i'm going to say that a Podcasts lot they're great uh that referenced a book a thousand hours outside Ooh. i'm not going i don't know if that's the title of the book <laughs> but it was about spending a Google. thousand hours outside <laughs> with your kids yes and how that is so good for them. It's good for their bodies, their motor skills, their learning, their brain development, so many sensory things. And good for us, like to and walk around with your bare feet and just be connected Feel, yeah. with God's creation. Which makes sense. That's how we were created. It does. Mm-hmm. Well, and what what a what a gift. We forget all the wonderful things that God gives us every day, as simple as taking a step outside. Now, this like, week we're recording. It's like 117 degrees outside, so we've not been outside. But you so. know what? Sometimes I do that. Sometimes, I'm so blessed. My office right now has a window right behind my chair, so sometimes I do that. I do the spin mm-hmm. so I can just look outside and take a deep breath. That other strategy of that breathing, mm. which helps breathing. Oh, regulate. We, yep. you know, we don't think about that even as adults, how... We need to regulate that prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. I'm be getting that wrong too. No, Whoa. I think that's right. <laughs> See, I, I say lots of big words, and lots of times, you know, well, that was a good one. people can't check me. <laughs> but so that that breathing, that belly breath that we teach mm-hmm. young children to help them regulate, we have to do the same for ourselves. That deep breath in, and you hold it. And then you slowly release, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. But doing that three times can mm-hmm. totally re-regulate your whole system, mm-hmm. which again, I'll do it. It's yeah. how God created us. Yes. And he gives us these wonderful tools mm-hmm. that we can use going outside, taking those deep breaths. Um, you also mentioned stress. So stress can be a tour. Like stress isn't necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. We have mechanisms that we were created with to deal with stress, but they define trauma as like prolonged stress and to where your body just gets overloaded and you can't deal anymore. Mm-hmm. So when we have those stressors, anxiety that just 
is staying with you and is not going away and we and we just we can't deal, then we're all, all of a sudden in a trauma mm-hmm. situation. And I don't think any of us really think that deeply about, oh my goodness, my anxiety can be a trauma. We, we've talked a lot about trauma-informed care going through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. The world looks different. And even thinking about our little people mm-hmm. and, I don't know. I think it's easy working with children or having your own children um, maybe to dismiss a lot of things as, you know, we always hear, oh, kids are so resilient, and they are, and they're little people who experience things and bring those experiences with them everywhere they go. They feel that in their body. Absolutely. Their body remembers. Well, and young children can't Mm self-regulate. They need that trusted adult to regulate, help them regulate. And if we are dysregulated, if we're suffering from anxiety Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, they can't pair, they can't have that, that Mm -hmm. (laughs) co-regulation or regulation with us. Um, So some of the statistics that I found. Now this was going into 2023, earlier this year. And it was interesting. It said more than one in four People reported they anticipated experience, experiencing more stress at the start of 2023, up from one in five the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at the same time, 29% of American adults indicated they'd adopt a New Year's resolution related to their mental health. That tells us that a lot of us as adults, 25% mm-hmm. are dealing with heightened levels of stress and 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 recognizing we mm-hmm. need help with our mental health. And then if you're a parent, for the younger ones, for the younger ones, that made no sense. This is why I let you do all the talking. No, you're, you're so- doing great. <laughs> I'm just listening. Thank you. Yeah. No, well, that's, that's good. Maybe you should talk more. <laughs> no, you're doing great. But, and then going over to the CDC, some mm-hmm. more statistics, talking about indicators of positive mental health are present in most children awesome, but this was from 2016 to 2019. Affection, resilience, positivity, and curiosity, good. But then facts about mental disorders in U.S. children. So again, this was from 2016 to 2019, Mm -hmm. pre-COVID, pre-pandemic. 9.8% have ADHD, 9.4%, and this is three to 17 years, anxiety, Behavior problems, 8.9%, and depression, Mm -hmm. 4.4%. There's a wonderful little right here. One in six children aged two to eight years has a mental, behavioral, or developmental disorder. And this is from the CDC. Mm -hmm. It tells us we've got to get some of those tools, and we've got to talk about this more and get some of those experts again. Mm -hmm. Not the experts, but But we know some experts. We're going to have some experts. We're going to have some experts. Come in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that makes me think, too, of I don't want to be the person who blames everything on technology, but sometimes uh, I know for myself personally, when I'm anxious or when I have a lot of stress, I play stupid games on my phone to distract myself yeah. um, and to not live in the moment, which is actually not always super helpful. Yeah. I also know um, as an adult, so just 
I had a baby five months ago, and he's yeah. a little dream boat. Absolutely. And as a new mom, Instagram knows I'm I had a baby. Yeah. And so all I see on Instagram are the um, you know, parenting tips and this is what you need to be doing and this is how uh perfect my life is and I just had a baby and I'm already a size two and all the stuff and I look at that and I'd never have wanted to be that person that struggles with, you know, comparison or no I know things online are not real, yes. but also when you that's all you see, that's what you think is real, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. And I I know you and I are, are similar in the fact that we kind of try to avoid social media a lot. I try, yes. But it, I'm, I'm at least, there. yeah, I'm yeah. still on there at least once a day doing mm-hmm. something, looking at something. And I just scroll and say, um, Instagram, social media is not real. It's not real. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to tell ourselves that and to see and have it affect us. Yeah. Like, oh. And I think oh, going back that to mess the kids. On the floor. You know, during COVID, I, everyone's screen time was increased. And that is important time in those early years to kind of develop those brain connections or coping skills of even, like we said, going outside and playing or not relying on skill, on screens to regulate, having a parent or an adult there to help regulate them. Absolutely. And I think we're seeing effects of that as well. Because this agree. was even pre-COVID. This was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. These and well, and I know for myself when it, the more I'm on a screen, like I need to, I have to work on a computer a lot. I know you do too. But when I'm doing that, I have to stand up and walk away because I can feel my body start to tense, mm-hmm. and I just need to go and walk. I'm blessed. I get to walk away from my desk and go walk into a classroom mm-hmm. full of children that you know. Bring so much faces. joy. Yes. yes. But to take that because I can feel the anxiety building just because of, I think the action of even scrolling on a screen mm-hmm. and my brain is fully formed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Definitely. Let alone middle school and high school oh. students who, yeah, that's a whole other thing. That is. We have so much to talk about I over know. the next few months. <laughs> so... Let's see what the Bible has to say. I love it. If you look at my beautiful um, Bible journal, this is, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew. And the only thing that's super highlighted is the don't be anxious about everything. Amazing. <laughs> Which, oh, <laughs> I guess that's what we're talking about. Um, but that is true. The Bible talks a lot about fear and it does talk about being anxious. And, you know, again, as a Christian, I don't. I don't think that it is in there to put shame on us for when we do. I think in a way Jesus talks about it so much because he knows that's what's going to happen. That's who we are. That's, that is sin. That is how our bodies and our minds are. And in him, there is not, you're anxious. You got to do more stuff. You got to figure it out. You got to get yourself out of this. You got to be perfect. No, in how Jesus says, um, is Matthew. I just, this is my verse that I just keep coming back to over and over again is that come to me all who are, who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And that is what we find in Jesus is that rest of, you don't have to have it figured out. You don't have to be, um, perfect. You don't have to be in control of the world. 
we have a Savior who is in control of the world, who has come to redeem the world, who has come to redeem our broken bodies and our broken minds. And when we have those sleepless nights or we have those panic attacks or those I can't breathe or the I'm throwing up in the parking lot, then we say, you know what? Jesus still loves me and he's here with me right now and he can give us the power to do, to get through this um, and our identity is in him, not in the power of I can do this myself or I can pull it together or I can pray hard enough or I can be a Christian enough. We're never, ever, ever going to be enough. And that's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Absolutely. And we go to God's Word to to know Him more. And just like you said, He knew we were going to deal with these things. Mm-hmm. We were going to, that Bethany was going to deal with anxiety, that Rachel was going to deal mm-hmm. with anxiety. And He gives us these words of assurance that mm-hmm. I'm sufficient. I'm I'm here. Yeah. I... Um, when I am kind of in my spirals or in those unhealthy moments, I like I try to picture Jesus as that good shepherd who is holding his sheep and loving his sheep, and I just imagine him saying, "Oh, sweet girl, like it's it's happening again. Just come to me. Yeah, come and rest in my arms, and everything is going to be okay." Yeah, and and he places those people also in your life. Mm-hmm. I know I've had them. You've been one of them for me uh, where, that come and speak God's word into and remind you mm-hmm. of exactly that, that you're loved. Even strangely, as even songs, there was a song. I, I'm not a singer, so I won't sing it, Ooh, but it's called, <laughs> no, oh no, nobody wants that. <laughs> um, but I think it's called God Girl. And I don't mm-hmm. even remember the artist. And it was from, oh, I was probably pregnant with Lily. So years ago when it came out. But as I would have those moments of anxiety, and it's kind of silly, and it's, I'm a God girl, the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Mm-hmm. And that song, kind of a silly, you know, mm-hmm. catchy little jingle, but would go through my head. And just, that was God's way of reminding me, nope, mm-hmm. in every season, um, in your highs, in your lows, you're mine. I know every part of you. I created you. Mm-hmm. I created your brain. I created your heart. And I'm giving you the people and the tools to surround you and pull you even out of this sinkhole, what mm-hmm. feels like a sinkhole. And some of those simple things that he, where he just continues to remind us that he's there even mm-hmm. even when we're not grasping. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What a blessing. What a gracious God. Absolutely. And as we get to love each other, And we get to love the little people in our lives and the big people in our lives. It is those little things that we can do to continue to shine God's love and Jesus' grace and mercy into people's lives and point them to Jesus. Um, And again, show them, maybe you don't have to live this way. There's another, there is peace, there's hope, and there is rest in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. This has been a Messiah Lutheran ministry production. Subscribe to Messiah Lutheran on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find our worship services and our Sermon Extra podcast by searching Messiah Lincoln on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our content. If you'd like to know more about Messiah Ministries, visit messiah.us. We'd love to hear from you as well, so please email us at littlethingsatmessiah.us. At